We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Welcome to the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. As always, I'm joined by Magic Johnny Gomez. Johnny, Jeff Fisher tweeted at me last week. How'd your week go? Well, I mean, hey, uh, I I didn't have as good of a week as uh, getting a tweet from uh, the stash, but uh, congratulations there, Steve. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you saw this, and for those who did not see it, uh, Jeff Fisher was at the day the rumor about him taking a job in the XFL came out and he shut it down. He literally, and it looks like he's still going, was just on Twitter responding to people with gifts. I don't know if this is actually him. Uh, I kind of hope it is, but mainly it was just him. It was people making seven and nine or eight and eight jokes and Fisher just responding with gifts like, oh, wow, so original. I haven't heard that one before. 
was pretty great, although he did not respond to my request for him to come on the podcast. So, Jeff, if you're listening, the invite still stands. <laughs> I, I have to wonder what that podcast would be like, like uh, what exactly we say to him. But, uh, you know, uh, that hopefully that opportunity does arise one day. <laughs> hey, look, I'll be honest. I think I'm more pro-Fisher than most people. Uh, I actually tweeted him a link to an article I wrote that was called Jeff Fisher was good for the Rams. Uh, I say this because if you remember what it was like before Jeff Fisher, it was way worse. He just overstayed his welcome by about two years and everything went to shit. But I don't think we're the team we are now if we never had those Fisher years and we had Steve Spagnuolo as our head coach for another five years. Uh, And I don't think that's controversial to say. You know, uh, you're on to something, Steve. If it wasn't for Jeff Fisher playing uh, or having, you know, shitty teams, we'd never have Sean McVay. So thank you, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. I mean, look, he went 4-12 and and got fired because we were all fed up with winning seven games. Do you remember how excited we were to win seven games during his first year? It was like the greatest, the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I don't want to think about those days. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> those are dark times, man. We we literally had a stretch of three years where we won six games. And, yeah, so uh, Fisher was a relief when he came. Wish they fired him a little sooner. But everything worked out in the end for everyone except Jeff Fisher. But, all right, Coach, hope you land on your feet or something. I don't know. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get our draft predictions in the bag or, I guess, what we think the team will do. We'll talk about some prospects. We'll also talk about some other news that came out. You may or may not have saw the team's schedules out, but before we do, guys, please, wherever you're subscribed to our podcast, give us a five-star review, especially an Apple Podcast. If you're there, we would appreciate the review. It'll help us get better content to you, and if you don't like what we're doing, let us know. We'd love to hear feedback, whether it's positive or negative. And of course, remember, you could get our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, Radio Public, Spotify, and on the Clutch Points app, we are a... We joined the app as their first team-focused podcast. Of course, don't forget to listen to our other shows on the network, Rams Talk Radio, who's been gearing you guys up for the draft with mock drafts over the last couple weeks, and, of course, Rams Uncensored, our newest show on the feed. All right, Johnny, let's start with the news of the day. As expected, the Rams are picking up Jared Goff's fifth-year option. The number uh, we predict to be over $20 million, it is a little above $22 million, and this keeps Goff under contract for the 2020 season um, at a lower rate than probably what we're going to end up having to pay him when we extend. As of now, Goff has said he's not thinking about his extension, which is great for us. Uh, this is not a guaranteed contract. The Rams could get out of the money if need be, but I, I can't imagine that happening. How are you feeling about this move? Uh, it was something that needed to be done. Uh, it was absolutely imperative that they do this and uh i'm really hoping that they can get an extension around that money but i think uh uh i think that's wishful thinking at this point but you know it's it's fair you know 22 million is actually a bargain for a guy like jared goff because i'm thinking he's gonna asking for you know upwards of 30 million uh per year so it was a good move, definitely something that needed to be done. And even if the Rams do decide to part ways with Goff, which 
I would be really amazed if they do want to part ways with Goff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, he, he is the franchise quarterback. So, um, yeah, it, 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 even if they do want to, for whatever reason, get rid of him, at least it gives them an extra year to look out for another quarterback if it happens to come to that. But I, I have to say, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I cannot imagine any world where he's not the quarterback in 2020 unless he literally has to retire for some reason. But knock on wood, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, it, this is a, uh, it was an obvious move for the Rams. Uh, the number that they ended up having to give, $22 million, not terrible. Like you said, it's somehow a bargain for this guy, even though he'll be the second highest paid player on the team. It'll probably be the last year where he's not the highest paid player on the team, but that's just how it is for quarterbacks. And you know, we're locking up a guy who, quite honestly, has improved in kind of drastically every year he's been in the league. The leap from season two to season three was obviously not as huge as from season one to season two, but I think Goff got a lot better last year. I think he got a lot sharper. Um, the Super Bowl obviously is going to leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth, but hopefully that just gives him a little chip on his shoulder to you know improve even more this year. And I hope the same for Sean McVay and everybody else. It is it's not it's <laughs> I don't know, man. It's nice to have a good, competent, and young quarterback, and by all counts, a healthy quarterback. Uh, you know, Bradford was good, competent, and young, but was rarely on the field. And to be honest, he was never this good, even though he did win Rookie of the Year. But this is great. I'm happy he's here. Happy to have him back. The team will still have $60 million uh, roughly in cap space for next season. We'll see how it looks after we make these draft picks. But Johnny, they still got a lot of a lot of money to play with and a lot of key contributors still under contract. It's, it's going to be a nice little... A chunk of change to play with next offseason and one that quite honestly we didn't have this year and we had a little bit last year but not like this 60 million is a lot of money to play with absolutely it's it's a lot more than we had to play with this year but uh you know 60 million while it is a lot of money considering the the contracts that are about to expire I have a feeling, you know, some of that or a good majority of that will have to go to there. Um, you know, while it sounds like a lot of money and to the average person like you and I, that's a ton of money. But in reality, in the NFL level, it's not as much as you might imagine. This money goes really quick. Uh, I'll give you an example because I, I believe uh, Marcus Peters' contract is up next year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Both Peters and yeah. Tlaib are up after this year. Well, right there, uh, that alone is going to cost quite a bit of money. That's going to, if they want to bring back both guys, uh, you're looking at a big dent in that $60 million. So while it sounds like a ton of money, it's not that much. It's it's not like they're going to go splurge. They're not going to go crazy in free agency like they've done in the past. Uh, it's it's just not that feasible in that regard. But um, I, it is good to see that there is some cap available uh, beyond this year because this year they're pretty they're pretty much tapped out. Well, the good news is you met, we mentioned Peters and Talib. Talib will be thirty four next year if he still if he plays at a high level this year. I mean. Look at the contract we were able to get Eric Weddle for 
Tlaib will be the same year or same age as Weddle is right now next next offseason. And I, I think that if he wants to keep playing after his, this contract is up, we could probably get him at a you know, affordable, team-friendly deal. I think he loves being here. He probably loves competing if he wants to keep playing. I, you know, Corners are a little more valuable than safeties, I think, money-wise. So we'll see what happens. But I think we keep here, him on a reasonable deal. Peters, obviously, if he plays like we hope he plays this year, he might be tough to keep. But again, franchise tagging is an option. We didn't use ours this year, but he will definitely be a target uh, for that, uh, considering they might not want to spend a lot of long-term money. But still, I mean... We met. We talked about that space, but here are the guys that we have under on the books for next season still. And I'll only read off like starters and key contributors: Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Rob Havenstein, Robert Woods, Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle, Johnny Hacker, Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, Malcolm Brown, Jake. I don't know why I said Jake Quaid. John Johnson, Joseph Noteboom, Josh Reynolds, Brian Allen, John Franklin Myers, Micah Kaiser. So they, they still have a lot of guys. There's going to be a lot of holes that need to be patched up. Obviously, the two guys you mentioned, Michael Brockers is going to be gone. Corey Littleton, if he sends his tender, we're going to have to deal with that contract next year. But you still got Gurley. You still got Goff. You still got the three receivers. You still got Havenstein. You're still, if no Boom and Allen step up and are contributors, you still got them. Going to have to replace um, – Whitworth or get him back on a cheap deal, but it seems like this will be his last ride. Austin Blythe, another guy who will be coming up as a free agent. So there is money to play with, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting thing to watch. And oh, with all these guys coming with their salaries coming up, we'll have to talk about that when we talk about the draft in a little bit. But first, the schedule did come out. The Rams are playing five primetime games next season that includes the week five matchup with the Seahawks that'll be at um that's a Thursday night game they have the uh, Sunday night football with the Bears in week 11 Monday night football with the Ravens in week 12 Sunday night football with the Seahawks in week 14 so that's three primetime games in four weeks What's the prime what's the primetime game I'm missing here? Um week three, Sunday night football again with the Browns. So week three, week five, week eleven, week thirteen, or not week thirteen, week eleven, week twelve, week fourteen. Those are the dates you need to know for guys like me who do not get the Rams on every week. But I mean looking at this schedule, one twenty five game against the Saints, that's gonna be on primetime for sure. Um 125 game against the Steelers. That's probably going to be primetime as well. 125 game against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are basically in primetime every single week. So that's a guarantee. I wouldn't even think, think twice about that one. Um, the week 16 game against the 49ers. Time is to be determined. So if the 49ers are good, that's almost a shoe to be primetime. We are going to be seeing these guys a lot on the big stage. I know that doesn't really matter to you because you're getting them every week anyways. But... <laughs> for guys like me and, and for the national audience, we're going to get a big spotlight on this on this team. I remember there has been years where the Rams literally were never on TV. This is fantastic. Yeah, constant blackouts. And, yeah, uh, I, I remember those days because uh, if even if you go back to, like, the St. Louis days, oh, my God, to get, to get a game nationally televised, especially during the dark era, 
yeah, that was that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. But uh, I, I have to ask Steve, uh, just because you know, I, I know I know it's still kind of a ways away for the season to begin and all. But like seeing the schedule release kind of made me excited for the season. And I, there's a couple games that I'm looking at uh, that I'm gonna probably try and get uh, get to see them. Uh, maybe even not even necessarily at the Coliseum, but uh, maybe somewhere you know on the road. I'd like to go. Like for example, I may he- uh, head up to uh, San Francisco uh, to watch them play against the 49ers in Week 16. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, it, for you, which games do actually uh, intrigue you? And maybe is there a few that you're targeting to go watch? I- I'm pretty much only targeting Pittsburgh. I think this year that uh, it's kind of not close to New York City, but not that far, and uh, I got an uncle that's a Steelers fan who treks out there every year, every couple of years, I don't remember, but probably try and go see them with him, that'll be a good game, um, I, I, you know, I'm planning on going out to LA for a game, but I don't, I think it's a waste to go at this point with the stadium opening next year, and no disrespect to the Coliseum, I don't really want to fly out to, to the other side of the country to go watch a game at the Coliseum. Uh, no, you don't. No, I don't. I will wait until the new stadium opens, and then next year, hopefully, I'll go check out a game. I mean, maybe if I were to fly to any of these games, I think I'd go to Dallas, but that probably wouldn't happen either. I wouldn't be a cheap game, but Pittsburgh, I think, is doable. Looking at the schedule, what games I'm intrigued by, uh, Cleveland Week 3 is obviously going to be a blast, I think. There's going to be two exciting teams, hopefully, if Cleveland um, doesn't fall back and even if they do that's early enough to where that game will still be exciting uh the saints game obviously we could do a whole podcast on that game um yeah sealers will be a big game that's going into a tough environment against you know big ben a lot of experience on that team chicago i'm i'm super pumped for that game the rant and we got three sunday night football games this year we have not been great in Sunday night football games since in a while, I would say. So I think this will be our redemption here. Cleveland in Sunday night, Bears in Sunday night, Seahawks in Sunday night. Um, two out of three at home, the one in Cleveland, that'll be fun. That crowd is going to be amped to be playing in a primetime game. That is absolutely for sure. I don't remember the last time they got a primetime game that wasn't a Thursday night game, so... Uh, I think the game, no, the non-divisional game I'm excited, most excited for is Cleveland. And um, Chicago probably be second, Saints third. And Saints second, Chicago third. I mean, I hope we rip the Saints apart. I hope we win 60 to nothing. Um, I actually hope, what I really hope happens is that they get, um, they get a pass interference call that doesn't get called on us. It's blatant, and we review it, and it gets overturned. That's my dream scenario for that game. That would be amazing. <laughs> Incredible. That would be the best thing ever. What what what's your games you're targeting here? I've, you mentioned the San Francisco game, but what what are you most excited for? Oh, I mean, as far as targeting, there there's quite a few that I want to go to. Uh, obviously, I'd love to go to the the Saints game, but I don't think I'm going to find a ticket to be honest. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, that that's pretty close to being sold out already. Uh, same thing uh, 
But I, actually, I heard that the one in Cleveland is pretty close to sold out if it isn't already sold out. So that's kind of interesting there. Uh, in terms of targeting, I, I'd love to actually go to Arizona to watch uh, one of the games in Arizona. Not the most exciting matchup, true, but uh, is a really nice stadium. And, hey, you know, I, I love watching my team win. So, you know, there's that. As far as the game that I'm looking most forward to, it's actually the Bears. Out of all the games out there, I want to see the Rams beat the Bears. Just because I feel like, you know, even though they lost last year, they didn't play terrible. Actually, to be honest with you, they had every opportunity to win that game, but they fell short. And I want to see that redemption game. And I want to see them win by a wide margin. Well, it probably won't be a wide margin, but I'd love to see that. As far as, uh, you know, the Saints go, of course, that's I think that's going to be up there with any fan, really. Not not even if you're a Saints or a Rams fan. I think, you know, people around the league want to see that game. So, yeah, I mean, all kinds of games out there that I want to see. I'd love to see them uh, tear up the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I'm kind of hoping you go to that game. Uh, but, yeah, that the, plenty of games that I, I want to see this year. And uh, I'm gonna see if I can if I can travel to a few of them and uh, get some uh, nice pictures up on the uh, social media. <laughs> there you go. Heinz Field is sweet. I, I've been there once. It was awesome. I was at the game where uh, I don't remember who he trucked, but Adrian Peterson lowered his shoulder, literally knocked some guy to the ground, and then just stepped over him and kept running. It was it was pretty sweet. Pretty sure Brett Favre was quarterbacking for the Vikings that year. Um, Damn. Yeah, but. I mean, overall, it's a nice schedule. There are some tough games, but I don't think it's an overly hard schedule. Um, I I think uh, the teams we're having to play, we get the the NFC South, which if Cam Newton isn't playing in week one, I don't know what the status on that is. It'll be kind of an easy division to play. We'd play the Saints anyways. Uh, We get the, the Bears and the Cowboys as the division winners, which... They're they're both good teams, but I don't know. It doesn't feel as daunting as some of the teams we've had to play in the past. But I'm excited, man. It will, and we'll obviously get more into the schedule when it's not April. We will talk about matchups then. But right now, we're going to talk about the draft. And before we get to the draft, we have to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, and his book, Hollywood Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Likes Hirsch, Tom Pierce, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s L.A. Rams. Guys, I'm reading this book right now. It's an excellent read. I'd recommend any Rams fan to pick it up. And if you want to pick it up, you can find this book online at hollywoodteam.com. You can find it available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's coming in paperback in September, and you can even follow this book on Twitter at Hollywood Team. Guys, this book is worth every penny for any Rams fan out there. There's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, guys, trust me, Hollywood Team. Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. All right, the draft is Thursday. Today, this will be going out late Tuesday night, 
early Wednesday morning, so might be the last draft Rams podcast you listen to before the draft. I let's Johnny, let's just start here. Dream scenario. Maybe somebody slips. I don't know. Who do you want to take with this pick? If you had to pick one guy, uh, and then we'll get into the other guys. So just give me the one guy if you could pick, you know, anyone that has a chance of falling here, who would you take? I like how you said who has a chance of falling here. Yes. that We can't get Nick Bosa. <laughs> well, damn. Here here I thought I was going to say Nick Bosa <laughs> is going to fall to, you know, pick 31. Yeah. Uh I think if Nick Bosa falls to 31, by the way, I think there's something seriously wrong with Bosa. But, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know how that would even be possible. Like, the dude could have two broken legs, and I'm pretty sure he would still, like, go in, like, the top 20. You know, he's that good. But No, yeah, literally. Uh, but uh, as for me, it's pretty much been the same thing, uh, same players since uh, we've been talking draft talk, and that's uh, – uh, Clemson's uh, nose tackle Dexter Lawrence I just feel like he's just that you know superior talent at the nose tackle position and for a big boy man this guy can move like I- I'm a fluffy individual and uh, let me tell you if I moved as quick as he did I'd probably be in the NFL because this guy <laughs> is he he's really quick like it's actually kind of funny I mean not funny for you know whoever's getting hit but if you look at some of his uh, tape it's actually kind of funny looking at this massive guy, you know, running as fast as he does. And, you know, considering Clemson had, like, one of the best defensive lines ever assembled in college football, like, I, I felt bad for, you know, teams that played Clemson. <laughs> Lawrence is a big dude, 6'4", 342 pounds, and he's a pretty popular pick among Rams Twitter and, you know, Rams faithful, so... I think you're you're definitely not in the minority here. And I, I looked up some mocks today. He's getting mocked to the Rams in plenty of mock drafts. But, Johnny, during my, my research here, and as I mentioned, I haven't been, you know, he, I don't really watch a ton of college football, so I, I've been learning this month about my prospects. The guy I found, and I would love for him to fall to the Rams, is Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. Um, he is a defensive tackle. He tore his ACL in February, so he might not be ready for the start of the season. He won't be, almost certainly won't be. He might not even be able to play this year. But, and I know I mentioned in past podcasts, I want the Rams to get a guy who could come and contribute right away. This guy, he's he's a clear first-round talent. If it wasn't for his injury, he'd be a no-brainer. He's probably still going to go in the first round. But I think this is the kind of player that you want to target. He's going to dip because of an injury, but, you know, he... He's proved he proved at Mississippi State he could play at any position on on the defensive line. He primarily he could definitely fill in at nose tackle for us or uh, a DN type role. He's big, he's quick, he's strong. For you know, he's 21 years old. He was kicking guys' ass in college. He you know, just he passed the eye test for me. And I think because of the injury, it, it's a little tougher to take this guy. And I think for that reason, he might fall. But I think we have the bodies to fill in when he's gone. And if you could get a guy that will be able to play next to Aaron Donald for the next four years while he's on this big contract on a rookie deal at this spot, and I, I agree with Dexter Lawrence. I'd love to have him too. But you know, if you can get one of these two guys, man, I'd be stoked about it. And you know, Brockers is going to be on that defensive line too, but this could be his last season with the Rams. Maybe we get him back on a team-friendly deal next year. But if he's going to get $10 million again, 
he ain't going to be on the team next year. I think you go for D-Tackle here. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense. I think the Lawrence and Simmons will be my top two guys. But you like Simmons? you think there's any chance he falls to us here? There's definitely a possibility that Simmons falls to 31. It's a possibility he won't be there also, but I would think he'd be available at, at pick 31, to be honest, uh, just simply because of the injury. And to be honest with you, if Jeffrey Simmons didn't sustain his injury, wouldn't, he wouldn't there's no way in hell he drops to pick 31 you know as far as if he was healthy he's easily a top 15 pick like and I think that's being a little bit modest because he he's certainly a talented individual at, at Mississippi State he he dominated and like you said he he pretty much dominated everyone that he went up against so, you know, it's not like he didn't play in a tough division either. You know, Mississippi State is right in the heart of the, you know, tougher teams out there. So uh, as for, for Simmons, I'd love to have Simmons. And I I think I would rather, like, trade up into the second round to get him, considering he falls into the second round. I would love to find, like, some sort of scenario where the – Rams would be able to move up to get him, but uh, I'd imagine if they do that, they would have to give up, you know, quite a bit, you know, to move up because this this is actually a, a deep uh, defensive draft class, particularly at the defensive uh, the defensive line. So, you know, for me, I would love to have Simmons. Lawrence is my is my uh, preferred guy, but. If they went after Simmons, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset about it. He's basically going to be the future replacement for Michael Brockers. Yeah, uh, and if they could get that guy, the future replacement for Michael Brockers, and the guy to be next to Aaron Donald for the next couple of years, what more could you want, man? That would be fantastic. I think if they were to get Simmons in the second round, the more likely scenario would be they trade back from this pick, which I think is likely. And you know, we'll talk about that later, but. Let's talk about some other guys that are in the mix. I guess um, for me, it really seems like they're going D-line or O-line here. They're going to get somebody up in the trenches. I I haven't heard any linebackers really in play. Um, Our Josh Kolak, who he gave us five dream scenarios for the Rams at this pick. He had Dexter Lawrence along with um, North NC State center Garrett Bradbury, edge rusher Ja'Kai Polite, safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and safety Nazir Adderley but for me I don't know how you feel about this I would be pretty livid if we take a safety at this pick unless this guy is a top 10 talent um I I see we so many holes so many needs so much uncertainty safety is one of the only positions on the defense right now that we have absolute certainty that our two guys are going to be able to perform we have two years of Eric Weddle we don't need to draft a guy to play behind him for two years unless we are absolutely in love with this prospect and we have him ranked in like the top 15 and he's there at 31 i, I don't think it's worth taking a safety at all um even a corner a cornerback i think would make more sense but even that i'd be a little annoyed about considering you know what we have on the offensive line and on the defensive line right now but do you, like would you think there's any chance they go safety here because i i don't see it I suppose it's a possibility just because, you know, they did look at, you know, several prospects and pre-draft visits. So it's not out of the question for them to 
go after a safety. And again, this is more along the lines of finding uh, a guy that's going to be Eric Weddle's uh, replacement. So uh, if we're going by, you know, uh, Josh's, um, you know, dream case scenarios, you know, Nazir Adderley is not going to fall to the Rams at pick 31. He is, I would say, you know, one of the better safeties in this year's draft. And I I don't think he's going to, he's going to drop to 31. I I don't think he's going to get past the chargers. You know, if they even falls to the chargers, you know, he's that good. Uh, As far as, you know, guy like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he, the reason why this guy's kind of special is because he's, he has the potential to be a a cover uh, slot guy, which is becoming more and more necessary as the game is evolving into more of a pass happy sport. But, um, yeah, I he he's talented, but I, I would be more upset if they went after Johnson as opposed to Adderley. You know, if Adderley's there, then, you know, at least they got, you know, one of the best safeties in this year's draft. I, I think Johnson would be uh, a bit of a stretch at, at pick 31 unless they trade down, uh, which I suppose is a possibility also. But um, me personally, I would much rather them go – either after defensive lineman or or an offensive lineman maybe an inside linebacker if they can really find one but i you know it, the value isn't there this year in terms of inside linebackers you know in the first round anyway uh, other than you know <laughs> other than if you go in like the top 5 but you know go after a guy like Devin White but that's not going to happen so um yeah it, whether it be an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, I'll be happy, you know, just considering. He did also mention, a, you know, Ja'Kai Polite, who a lot of people are really high on, but I'm kind of in the minority where I'm like, uh, I don't really care for Polite. You know, he has a lot of good things about him and redeeming qualities, and I wouldn't be overly upset if the Rams went after him. But if they did go after him, you know, I I would at least feel a little bit better that they went after a defensive lineman. But out of all the talent that's probably going to be there, I I just I would prefer to get polite later, like maybe in the second round. Uh, if if they trade down, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable there. And I I think too, I'd rather get an interior lineman than an edge rusher at this pick, which is crazy to say, but. The, the stable of Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, and Samson Ebukam is not a long-term solution by any means, but I think that those three guys can get the job done this year. Uh, do I love them? Do I love any of them? No, not at all. Uh, it's quite honestly, I think both Clay Matthews and Dante Fowler might be a little overpaid, but I think you got those guys in there this year. I think they can get the job done. If you can get a guy that you love at this pick, you know, like I mentioned with safety, this doesn't have to be as crazy. But, yeah, why not? You get them. They they help relieve Clay Matthews' duties, keep him a little fresh because you know, he's old. He's not as good as he was. But that would be nice. And then he could fill, step in for Dante Fowler next year, assuming he gets a payday elsewhere. But let, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. And, no, at this pick, barring a, a, one of the – top tight end prospects somehow falling to 31. Uh, I think the only offensive position that would be considered here is line. And 
there are, you know, guys have been getting thrown out there. I'm looking at Charles Davis's NFL.com mock draft. He's got Garrett Bradbury going to the Rams at 31, center from NC State. Right after that, he's got Dalton Risner, uh, tackle from Kansas State, going to the Patriots. I guess the question I want to ask you, Johnny, is uh, both of these guys seem like they'd be great fits for the Rams, Bradbury and uh, Risner. If you had to pick right now between – it could be between these two guys or in general, like if they're going to take a lineman at 31, would you rather have a center or a guard slash tackle? I suppose it would depend on the prospect. If we're – if I'm going to be 100% honest, I you know, Reisner in terms of value is the better prospect just because I don't think he's going to be available at pick 31. I think there's going to be somebody that's going to want to take him off the board. But, you know, in terms of what the Rams truly need, you know, I because Reisner is more of a tackle, honestly, and this is going to be basically a guy that, uh, may try to take uh, Whitworth's spot at some point, but like to be honest with you, I I see him more as a right tackle than a left tackle. I, I suppose they could try it, but uh, it, I, I think that would be a failed experiment if I'm going to be 100 percent honest. So like that's why for me, since the right tackle position is already kind of locked up, I don't think it's worth going after Reisner, even though I feel like he's a much better prospect, but center is definitely a, a need uh, considering we don't know what we have with Brian Allen at this point. And Bradbury is the best center out of this year's draft, in my opinion, you know, so I would much rather go after Garrett Bradbury. You know, he, he is going to be a, 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 a talented center in the NFL for, for years to come. I think because he, he's definitely molded for the center position because you know while versatility is kind of nice i get a little bit um nervous when i see oh this guy is uh, a center slash guard you know in the nfl level you you want somebody that's basically trained for that one position because uh while versatility is nice i'd much rather have somebody that's solid at one position than somebody that does okay in several. I, I agree with you on that, especially at this position at center. I think uh, Bradbury is a very, very solid prospect. If he's there at 31, uh, I would love the pick. He's a guy, like, no disrespect to Brian Allen. I think he could be a starting center, but I know Garrett Bradbury can be a starting center. Um, he, for some background on him, won the Remington Trophy last year to be the nation's top center. First team All American, um, you know, started every game. He's uh, just just a great overall prospect in every sense of, every sense of the term. He's I feel like he's getting mocked this late because teams don't take centers that high usually. Uh, like rarely do big time full center prospects come along. I think that's true. That might not be totally true, but any he's a big time prospect. He's a great prospect, and I think. No, I'd, I'd be thrilled at getting Bradbury at this pick. And I think that's interesting what you had to say on Reisner because I know Rams Twitter loves him. And if you don't think he can play the left side, and if the Rams don't think he can play the left side, um, unless they're drafting him to replace 
Austin Bly that guard next year, which I don't think they will be. You take somebody else. This, this is a big pick. We haven't had a first-round pick in two years, essentially three, because Jared Goff, like, yeah, it was a first-round pick, but I don't know. It wasn't like a, a pick you had to think about. They knew exactly what they were going into. They got to nail this pick. And I guess this the question that I, I'm coming to here is, do you ultimately – now, gun to your head right now. Do you think they make this pick? Do you think they, they pick day one, or do you think they trade out? Uh, you know, I think it really just depends on, you know, who's available, you know, and, and it's like I mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, this, it, it really just depends on what happens at the top, you know, that will truly set the tone for the rest of the draft and more, more times than not, it's becoming so unpredictable, especially when trades begin. So I think it'll, it'll come down to the wire. But if it goes down how I think it'll play out, I think the Rams will stay at pick 31 and just pick uh, who, who they really like. Now, if there are guys, you know, like uh, Jeffrey Simmons still available, uh, like maybe even, uh, you know, Ja'Kai Polite, you know, and they're really high on both of these guys, why not trade back into the second round, you know, get a couple prospects in the prospect uh, process uh, or maybe even, you know, trade uh, for future picks in next year's draft. So, you know, the the possibilities are kind of endless. And I think that's why this year is even more exciting. I know uh, uh, it's kind of nice having that first round pick, but I'd be OK with, you know, just completely trading into uh, day two. Yeah, as long as we get a high second round pick, I'm totally fine with trading that pick. Maybe picking up another pick, getting another, taking another swing. I think look. I think the big thing for us trading back, it might be less on the guys that are there, unless obviously they have a guy that they grade out really high that's there. And like you said, it what happens at the top of the draft will matter. You look at the top couple teams. Um, Arizona, I think if they're not taking a quarterback at one, they're not taking a quarterback. It high. It would be odd. Uh, I think it's Murray or they don't take a quarterback. But you look at Oakland. You look at the Giants. You look at, um, to a lesser extent, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, um, and to a higher extent, Denver, and maybe even Cincinnati, and Miami at 13. Those are teams that are absolutely in the market for quarterback. And you look at where they're picking in the second round. The Giants, pick, the Raiders pick 35, the Giants pick 37, the Jags pick 38, the Broncos pick 41, the Bengals pick 42, the Redskins pick 46, the Dolphins pick 48. If quarterbacks start to slip and there's first there's guys that those teams are high on that are still there at 31, getting the extra year on that contract because you pick at number 31 is going to be a big deal for those teams and we'll be able to get their second round picks. We might even be able to snag um you know a second round pick next year or a, a third a, a later third round pick this year or we'll see but there are going to be some teams shopping, looking to get up at that pick if quarterbacks don't fly off the board this year. Um, I personally don't think they will. I think because, like, you look at the teams that I mentioned that are in the market for a quarterback, they all kind of have quarterbacks for this season that they're going to be fine going into the season with. I mean, uh, the Raiders, they definitely do. The Giants, they definitely do. The um, Denver, they got Flacco now. 
Cincinnati has Dalton. I don't know if both of those guys are long-term solutions, but like they're there. Washington would obviously be the flakiest, but I don't know if they want to take a quarterback at 15. So I, I think those teams will be in the, in the market to move up. Uh, I, I, to me, like I said, I, I, I don't know how you feel, but I don't think quarterbacks are really going to be flying off the board in this draft. No, they're not. And that's kind of the thing is, you know, this is kind of a weak draft class for quarterbacks. You know, they, there's kind of, you know, quarterbacks kind of have that knack for getting that hype as the draft comes on later, just because they'll always be more celebrated than pretty much any other position on the field. And, you know, even a guy like uh, Kyler Murray, you know, this is a guy that, in a good draft class wouldn't be, you know, uh, uh, up there, but because it's such a weak draft class, he's the number one guy. And I, you know, comparing him to a guy like Baker Mayfield, I'd much rather have Baker Mayfield. Let's be brutally honest there. And this is why when the, the debate of Josh Rosen and, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, it's it's kind of amazing because I don't know if you have much of an upgrade, if an upgrade at all, if you compare these guys together. You know, I, I just I think it's kind of amazing. You know, uh, Drew Locke is supposed to be, you know, the number three guy. I don't you know, this is a guy that would probably go in the third round or fourth round, you know, normally and not yeah Yeah, that's hot that's a hot take you know and that's kind of the funny thing is because now they're projecting him to go in the middle of the first round and it just kind of amazes me now don't get me wrong i i actually do like drew lock i think he has potential but would i spend a first round pick especially uh you know maybe number 15th overall no no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even want to spend a second round pick just because this is a guy you're going to have to coach up. And while that has its pros and cons, uh, I don't think he's a guy that's going to be able to step in and, you know, start right away, you know, and that's ultimately what you want in a first round pick, especially from a quarterback. So that's why it's like a little bit uh, amazing to me because in my personal opinion, the only per- player that's worth drafting in the first round at quarterback would be Murray. And even then, I'm like, eh, I don't really care for the dude either. But at least he has capability of starting. Yeah, that's and just <laughs> that's just kind of how I see it at this point. No, I'm I'm with you. I like I'm I've been I've been looking through some mocks right now just to see where they have like quarterbacks going um i've seen a bunch of mocks taking you know having cincinnati take quarterbacks in the first round um i saw one that had denver taking a quarterback in the first round or not saying in the first round but at 10 and 11 for those teams i don't see them taking a quarterback at 10 or 11 especially denver who just made the move for flacco um i could see them moving up with us or with the patriots to get up and take a quarterback they like but at 10 I, I really don't see that. I, I think they, you know, you have Flacco there. He's fine. We we know he's fine. Um, he, I don't think you take a quarterback at 10. I think you, I think you get talent in there and you know it. And I think 
like how these mocks have been going. A lot of them have guys going 10, 11. Um, some guys only have Murray going in, in the top. Some guys, some mocks have guys getting traded up for. I think these guys are going to slip, and I think if if one of them gets all the way down to 31, the Rams might be sitting on a nice trade package there. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I've seen some mocks that have Daniel Jones going very high in the, the, the teens, and I have other mocks where he doesn't go in the first round. So it, we'll see what happens, but I think if we were to trade back, that would be the scenario, and I think that's right right for the taking um I, I guess last thoughts i mean you got any parting thoughts on the draft here any prospects to look out for on day one or even later uh just uh I'm, I'm looking for those uh surprise picks there's always that one that just you know pops out at us I, i'm i'm waiting for that to just come out and surprise us you know i i think kind of the the other team to look out for in this year's draft is, uh, uh, well, a team that you're probably close to, and that's the New York Giants. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you're getting a lot of uh, people uh, talking about the Giants. Oh, yeah. Personally, for the Giants, I would be looking out for a quarterback. But, you know, if obviously if, if Murray's there, you take that, you, you, you take Murray. Um, but you know, I've heard a lot of reports about, you know, them looking at Dwayne Haskins and not really feeling him. And to be honest, I don't really blame them just because I don't really think Haskins is that good either. But, um, you know, basically what the giants end up doing is going to make a big difference too. So I'm intrigued to find out if they end up going after Haskins, if he's available at six, uh, or if, you know, if Murray's there, do they go after Murray, which I imagine they would, but Haskins, I I think is, is the, the key to what happens in this year's draft. There, I I saw a mock draft today, um, that had the, the Titans taking a quarterback at 19. Like, I feel like there's no way, no chance that they take a quarterback at 19. I don't I don't know what I would bet on that, but like I would be floored. Why would they why would they ever take a quarterback at 19? Um and you know some team is going to do that that has a quarterback that's no oh, not that Mariota's I don't even think he's even that good, but like you have him there. You made the playoffs. Did they make the playoffs last year? If they did, it wasn't a memorable yes, run. Yeah, I thought they did. But there's always a team like that that has a guy. We saw with the Ravens last year. Went with Lamar Jackson, even though they had Flacco there. Uh, the Titans, Bengals, and even Flacco and the Broncos, again, are the obvious candidates for that. But I, I think if any of those teams were to take a quarterback, they'd move up. They wouldn't take him with their first-round pick. This is, there's a lot of talent in the, in the draft, and I don't think you do that. Um, I guess my disclaimer here would be that I was adamant a couple years back that the pairing of Winston and Mariota was much better prospects than the pairing of Goff and Carson Wentz. That take has aged as well as a raw steak sitting on your countertop. So, uh, <laughs> I, look, when I make mistakes, I admit it. I'm just going to say that. Um, I, I Yeah, I think we're good to wrap up here, Johnny. When we're back for the show, we'll have both seen Avengers Endgame 
and I promise we will not give spoilers on next week's show, so don't be afraid to listen to it. But I am psyched. Yeah, I mean i i want to I want to actually do spoilers just to be so I can be that evil guy, you know. And then, and then you know, probably some superheroes will come and kick my ass. But you know, <laughs> don't uh, be that guy. <laughs> but it's so much fun. Hey, man. I mean, look. Um, it's about to be May, and as many of you know, <laughs> nothing really happens in the NFL after the draft. There might be some stuff, but we might have to get a Avengers review podcast because uh, we'll be strapped for topics, and hopefully you all will see the movie. Uh, I hope so, but some people are like Johnny out there in that they do not watch Game of Thrones or things that are universally loved. <laughs> Fight me. It's it's uh... Actually, to tell you the truth, I can't even tell you if I, if I would like it or not. Uh, if I'm going to be 100% honest, it looks like a good show. But It's a um, great show. Well, I, I mean, like, for me, I just, you know, I don't really have time to watch too much television. So, basically, literally, the only television I watch is uh, sports. So, yeah. See, that, that that's, says a lot about me. That's a reasonable reason to not watch the show. I get real mad when there's, like, the people out there who, like, watch a bunch of tv shows but like don't watch game of thrones like wear it like it's a badge of honor like they have to tell everybody about it like there's the people out there that are like yeah it's not for me it's like yeah what do you think 20 million people are obsessed with dragons and um people saying like talking like they're from the 800s like no it's just an awesome show i don't really i'm not huge on medieval shit and i love game of thrones and i think most people are in that regard um, it's you watch it because it's a good show, not because it's, uh, I don't know, not it's not a genre show. I guess is where I'm going with that. And if you don't watch the show and brag about it, even if you're listening to the podcast, I'm disappointed in you. If you don't watch the show and like Johnny, just because you don't watch the show, that's fine. I don't have a problem with you. That's my rant. I do want a dragon though. Me too. It'd be great. <laughs> I would love to have a dragon. Um, uh, not all peaches and cream, though. If you watch Showing a Dragon, uh, they do tend to eat whatever they want, and that could go poorly sometimes. Can it eat my my uh, my old boss? <laughs> yes. Excellent. Let's go get a dragon. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, I think we can wrap up this show. <laughs> Duh. Enjoy the draft, everyone, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RamsTalk. And if you're not in the Rams Talk room, please come find us. Any of your uh, Rams Talk staffers around the web can direct you there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at CRBarrow. Follow Johnny at Johnny506. And don't forget, find us wherever you're getting your podcast. Five-star reviews across the board. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, the whole nine yards. We will talk to you guys next week.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.